Let's go. Let's go, as they say. Let's bleep and go. Mark, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Vikings Territory Breakdown. It's giddiness on Monday morning, Monday morning mania in Viking land because the Vikings traded for a backup quarterback following that debacle at the vault this past weekend. So uh, exciting news. Uh, the Vikings traded uh, – well, first let me welcome Mark Craig from the Star Tribune, Star Tribune. Oh. And my name is Joe Oberly from Vikings Territory and PTSD. Um, we uh, we saw the game last Saturday. It was not too uh, – was pretty underwhelming offensively. And I think Quasey and O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell saw the same thing. And traded uh, traded to the Raiders for Nick Mullins, backup quarterback for a conditional seventh round pick if 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 for 2024. So if if Mullins appears in a game or dresses for a game this season, then it will be a seventh rounder. That to me is a good trade. Mark, what are your thoughts? Even though you saw this coming two weeks ago, you know. Well, the the the, the answer that uh, Kevin O'Connell gave to Ben Gessling at the very end of the press conference on Saturday night was the kinder, friendlier, gentler, more uh, elongated, lot of words to say exactly, to say exactly what Zimmer said in green Bay last year. Um, <laughs> the difference, the difference between Zimmer, uh, the question to Zimmer and the question to Connell is one guy starting his career here and he's on the honeymoon period. And the other guy had just lost the game that was going to get him fired. So Zim snapped and said, I've seen him. I, you know, I, I so it's basically, I, I, he's not ready. And that's kind of what, that's exactly what, you know, in a roundabout way that O'Connell said um, when asked if his backup quarterback or if they could go with these two guys. And um, as far as I, it, I tweeted something uh, like someone asked yeah, me on Twitter. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I mean, I, we got to get this out of the way. I, you know, I know you don't want to talk about it, but it, there's all kinds of people saying, Oh, I saw this coming. Well, you tweeted something before the Raiders game. I said, what are you going to watch? Or someone says, what are you going to watch? And what did you say? Well, I said, I, you know, I'd be watching the backup quarterbacks for the Raiders because they don't have a backup quarterback right now. Um, and I, you know, I, the other guys, um, I can't remember who they—they, you know—they were pretty deep, I guess. Well, yeah. guys who have played in the league, uh, and Nick—I don't had Nick Mullins, but I said I'll be looking at the backup because you see that happen a lot. Like, not not necessarily a quarterback, but um, over the years you'll see, you know, on cutdown day it'll be a, a cornerback that they played in the preseason, someone that they got a nice close look at, um, and it just, you know, they—they they don't have a guy that they can really rely on in that game on Saturday. I don't care if there's not, if, if it's against twos and threes and whatever it was, they just do not have a guy that they could turn to right now. And uh, my guess is uh, I haven't seen, we, this is being taped to Monday, 11 o'clock. So uh, Mannion's out, I would imagine. And then, um, you know, you work with, with Mond another year. I mean, to me, this is, this is Mond's rookie year. You know, he was drafted at the wrong time to the wrong coaching staff. Uh, maybe it would have been different if Gary Kubiak would have stuck around another year, uh, but he didn't get anything out of last year. And there, you know, we saw something in that uh, in that second preseason game that's like first time I was like, hey, there's something there that you can work with. Well, the next game there was, you know, he looked horrible, and uh, the decisions that he makes, the uh, it's 
you know, just a, the alarm bells go off whenever you see that in the young guy. And then the older guy who's the, the experienced guy is just not capable of doing it. So uh, Nick Mullins, I, I, I like, you know, I like the trade. My, my goodness. How could you not? Because Nick right. Mullins is going to be better than either one of them right now. That's not to say they're in great shape if, if Kirk gets hurt and, and Nick Mullins has to play, but they're better off now, even with, even with Mullins, not knowing the offense to the extent that Mannion does, it doesn't matter. I mean, Mullins will yeah, be able we get to play a fourth a little preseason bit. game this year, Mark, and the Vikings just slide in a fourth preseason. Give Mullins yeah, I know. There's just there, there's just not enough preseason games. If you, <laughs> you know, I, just to go back to your prescience just a little bit, uh, the the uh, the Raiders in that game against the Vikings trotted out three backup quarterbacks: Nick Mullins, Jared Stidham and chase garbers and uh so they had a few guys to 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 look at so i mean you're wise wise to say that nick mullins in that game was seven for nine for 94 yards uh one uh 10.4 yards average per pass and for one touchdown and a 147.2 rating so he was the best of the three and he had a better rating than the other two guys that the vikings put out there in that game so i you know um it was really disappointing uh on Saturday because you thought, okay, Mond showed us something. He, he had some flashes in the, in the Raiders game, had the two touchdowns and a couple of nice passes. And then comes out on Saturday and, and you're waiting to, you know, he's starting. So you're waiting to, okay, here's the chance. Here's to cement yourself as number two to, to go move forward. And boy, those two picks to bookend those two uh, touchdowns from the previous game, were just terrible. It was just bad. He he, he looked like well, he, a rookie quarterback, you know. Well, it looked it looked like worse than that. It looked like backyard football. It looks like something Ooh, you just God. do, like after Thanksgiving, whenever you're uh, of a younger age than us, Joe, you go out in the backyard and you sling it around, and uh, it just looked uh, just the whole the whole everything looked you know bad. But you know they. Uh, they, they have some drops, obviously the tight end drops a ball. And uh, I don't know if that was Mond or Mannion, but uh, you know, Mannion. They, yeah. Back so yeah. they, you know, they, it's just was not, it was underwhelming to say the least offensively. Um, you know, there were you know, some bright surprised. spots defensively, but. I was surprised to, to see Mannion, you know, uh, I don't know if he was nervous for his job or whatever, but he comes out and he has more command uh, more poise maybe than Mond because he's been there longer and he looks like okay he's gonna do this you make a couple nice plays and then he'll really throw some overthrow some receivers and just make some bad plays that re that pass to Zach Davidson up the middle up the seam was a great pass right on the money and it was the, the perfect read I mean Davidson could have went for a while I'm not saying he would have scored but it would have been a nice long gain and he dropped it but there I I I can't believe that, you know, Mannion with all this opportunity didn't show more. And I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, is this going to make Kirk nervous now that there's somebody else behind him that's actually might try to try to win the starting spot, you know, try to want to play? Because that's why uh, Kirk likes Mannion because he's just, he's just, you know, going to be mediocre and, and just nothing, not showing anything that would ever threaten Kirk. Well, I don't know that Mullins is the guy to be challenging for a starting job because Mullins got his experience because he played behind Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt a lot, and yeah. he played uh, probably a total of maybe you know, 14, 15 games, maybe more, in, in San Francisco, 
played a game in Cleveland last year. Um, or was it last year? Yeah, but well, maybe it was a COVID situation yeah. or, or whatever. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's a guy that, and he didn't, didn't win those games, but he was competitive uh, in some of the games that I saw. I mean, there was one uh, in one of his starts in San Francisco. It was like, they just had a Garoppolo. And then I think the backup and then Mullins might've been a prime time game where mm-hmm. Mullins comes in. And it's like, who's this guy? And right. um, so he's got experience. You know, the, the thing with a guy like Mannion is as long as he doesn't play and he keeps racking up years in the league, it's like the perception starts going, oh, he's a crafty veteran. He's he's uh, he's the guy, he's that calming influence that you want in case, you know, for a short-term period. Well, you find out that, you know, his experience is really only like 10 games. Right. Or 10 or 11 games. And so it's not like he's, you know, uh, Sean Hill when he didn't have much of an arm, but Sean Hill had played some, a lot of games or a number of games. And, you know, this guy, it's uh, when he played against, when he was forced into that situation in a clutch, you know, it's a, it's a hard st- job to, to take on in Green Bay with the playoffs on still on the line. But that exposed him sort of like, you know, Christian Ponder could have hung around as a backup, I think, for another year or two. If had he not played in Green Bay in that debacle game that was probably his last start in 2014, I believe. Um, you know, he, he, he would have hung around cause he would be like, oh, Christopher Ponder, you know, he's got all these starts and he's, you know, he could, he could carry you a little bit. He's not a starter, but whenever he goes thrust into a situation, he, you know, you get exposed and, uh, Sean Mannion has been exposed and, uh, it's time to move on. Uh, and Quasi knew, knew Mullins from both Cleveland and San Francisco, I believe. So there is some familiarity there. And, and so he, he probably knows what he has in Nick Mullins. And comparing that to what he's seen in both Mannion and Mon, it was maybe a no-brainer for him, certainly at the price. And how do you not like it? Like you said, um, this this is a great trade because they didn't give up a whole heck of a lot, and you get somebody who could jump in and perform and not completely fall apart uh, if Kirk goes down, which is some is going to eventually happen at some point. He's, he's had a great record in his career. And certainly since he's been here, despite the offensive line, but it also is now gives the Vikings the opportunity to really see Mon for what he is and not have to rely on him to, to save you unless catastrophe happens and they lose two quarterbacks. They get a chance to have a backup who can step in for the quarterback and then they can see if Mon will develop. I don't think anybody's going to pluck him off the practice squad, um, but uh, at least you, you, you'll find out the rest of this year. You give him some opportunity, at least in practice, more so than he got with uh, with Zimmer, and uh, see what you got. And if not, then draft another younger guy next year. But uh, you know, I, I, I'm excited about it. It, it. It's one of the big holes that they have coming into the season. That and I think you know, I, you know, I don't know that Mullins is going to be. The, the the greatest uh uh backup ever but you know someone did point out the last time the vikings draft or picked up a, a southern miss quarterback in august they went to the nfc championship that had been brett Favre. so anyway it's uh i don't know if there's well, a- yeah i think it's 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 great it's it's great news for for the vikings offense well you know excited is a little probably a little extreme for me uh i i sort of look at maybe maybe there's some you know I know they had a lot of holes to fill in the offseason. They had a lot of, you know, um, valuations they had to make. They're a new staff and everything. It's a, 
But when you're making a trade like this, uh, going into your last preseason game, it's a kind of a granted they didn't pay anything or didn't pay much, but it's a desperation type move. Sort of makes me go, you know, think that okay, uh, there is going to be growing pains with these guys when it comes to evaluating and, and putting your roster together because hey, you know, Mannion isn't a whole lot different now than he was in February when these guys were being introduced, you know. Um, so to me, it's like, uh, could there have been some moves that they would have made earlier? You know, I'm not saying you, you go out and get a, you know, you're not going to get a star player for a, a second teamer to Kirk Cousins who's making all that money. But maybe you get someone, you get a Nick Mullins or someone earlier, you have more time to work with it. Um, so, so you're in agreement with me that yeah. Manny's probably gone, right? They got, you know, Manny's not going to be retained. Would you say so? Well, uh, if he, if he's the one, if they pick him and, and, uh, and they, they, uh, get rid of Mond, you and I have to tape this all over again. So let's hope <laughs> fingers crossed. Well, you know, what is that going to do for Kirk? Who said, who always had said, even last year, this is the guy he liked having around his little, uh, security blanket oh. for some reason that that's baloney. I mean, he has to, I mean, a big deal, but he's, he's a pro he's got to adjust, but you know, yeah, he's, uh, Kirk's 33 years old. Kirk doesn't need someone, you know, holding a pacifier for him. I mean, that that's stuff that's I, I would, you know, I'm sure it's a, a, he might mean some of it, and it's probably he's comfortable with him, but that's not going to ma- matter. I mean, zero when it comes to okay. how Kirk how Kirk Cousins is going to perform. That's that's a that's a being that's a guy. Be I feel being a guy being nice when the media asks, well, what you know, what what does Sean Mannion do for you? I mean, what's he going to say? Ah, he doesn't matter. He holds, <laughs> he holds the clipboard like no other. Yeah. That's what he does. Well, okay. He, one makes, more he, he, he could say, he could say, Sean Mannion makes me look young, maybe. <laughs> so, um, we should get him on the podcast. Would he make us look young? I, us, I don't, no, no. No, probably not. That ship sailed. Uh, did, uh, did Zim break Kellen Mond? I mean, he, he looked, he, after, after a great performance last week, and he was lauded, you know, uh, for it. You, you, you saw some confidence and you figured, okay, let's build on that, Kellen. He looked nervous and skittish and right back to what we thought he was. I mean, did, did, did Zim break this guy, you know, by for what he said or how he used him or everything that went on? I'm not going to, I'm not blaming Zim. I'm kind of facetious. Bro. Something's, something's up with this guy that he's not showing a little more moxie in the pocket for. Lack of a well, let's put it this way: if a if a quarterback, an NFL quarterback, can be broken by a guy in one season, he's not going to be an NFL quarterback very yeah. long. Uh, he didn't. I mean, he didn't get a lot of. It was not a good situation for this guy to come into in the league. Um, you know, like I said, Gary could have been a different story, but Clint Kubiak. Uh, you know, Zimmer. That's probably Zimmer's biggest mistake in his last year was was starting off thinking that. Clint was going to just carry, carry Gary's offense um, and, and keep it the way it was and everything and be the same type of coach. Um, that was a, that was a big misstep. I think he should have gotten some more experience as an offense at offensive coordinator there. Um, so yeah, this guy to me is a rookie um, because he didn't get a whole lot out of last year. So there's still a chance, but uh, I don't see much of one unless he steps up now. This tells me that next week in Denver, uh, we won't see much of, you know, you may see a series from, from uh, Kirk, but uh, it's going to be the Nick Mullins and show and, and whatever's remaining for those other two. 
you know, they're, they're going to have to see what he can do let him play a little bit. Aren't they? Well, I, I don't, we don't know this coaching staff, I guess, look at what the Rams did last year with their starters. You'll probably find out what the Vikings are going to do. I haven't done that yet. Um, I, I'd be, I guess I'd be surprised. I'm not surprised by a whole lot, but if you sat everybody for this game, I certainly wouldn't be playing them the next game. I, yeah, you know, so I think it's I think it's all backups. I think you see Mullins, uh, a lot of Mullins in that game. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, we we just got to kind of try and think through this. And Kirk, you know, Kirk obviously didn't play in the first game. We don't know if he would have not or not because of COVID. Second game, they sit everybody except Armand right. Watts. Every starter that's listed as a starter sits except for Armand Watts. I don't see him coming back and playing starters closer to the season. So rust? Uh, I think you can knock some rust off before the Packers, well, man. Well, exactly. I mean, you could, you could make that argument. You could also say, you know, I, I've made the argument in, uh, in the press box that uh, I'm looking up and I'm seeing Patrick Mahomes play uh, and someone's kind of poo pooed uh, Andy Reed and say, well, that's just those old coaches, you know, jokingly, sort of, I think joke jokingly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the old coaches still do that. And I'm like, well, I, that's pretty, you know, He's an old coach because he's done a lot right, and he's uh, he's yeah. he's a he's a Hall of Fame head coach. Uh, and to me, it's like uh, you know, let's not let's. Not, I mean, the Sean McVay's and his tree are they're they're brilliant, but there's still five. There's five guys that, out there that have been uh, coaching. You know, Harbaugh and Reed and Carroll and uh, Belichick and um, Tomlin that have been around an awful long time because they're really good coaches old coaches and old podcasters so i guess us old podcasters better take a quick break on that note we'll we'll take one here at the vikings territory breakdown and we'll we'll come back with more from mark craig okay welcome back to vikings territory breakdown podcast with podcast with mark craig from the star tribune mark uh uh despite uh, i know that uh, i i i was I sat here and watched the game and, and you tweeted at one point, Joe, if you're, if you're still sober enough. And I was having a beer during the game and I was trying to stay awake. Uh, I was really underwhelmed with the offense, but the defense, the other half, I thought, how darn I, you know, several notes I wrote down that uh, they played pretty good and <clears throat> there was some uh, standout performances. And so I, I, I know we want to get to those and I want to start with number one that uh, you wrote a story about this week with in the tribune was uh, about, McGill, Ty McGill, T.Y. McGill, I guess his name is. And, and someone said that when he so – I, I saw someone notice online that he does this for his sack it, dance. And so, yeah. said, oh, God, it's T.Y., you know. And I thought, oh, God, that one. And he stole it from T.Y. Hilton when he was with the Colts. So Ah, okay. Uh, good example of, of how I feel, you know, the pandemic, you know, has moved on. We've moved to the next stage. The locker room is open again, which is like really shocking for like guys in their first and second year. <laughs> They're not like, what are these people doing in the locker room? But it's a, it's a way to get to know a guy. And, and, and in turn, if we get to know him, you know, the readers and the fans get to know him. Um, so you stand there, you, you know, he, we did a kind of a group interview. And then I was just, I had, I was writing for Monday's paper. So I had extra time. So I just stood there and talked to him about, you know, what, what this preseason means to him. And, you know, this is a guy that's um, he's been on nine teams in eight years. He's Deep. been cut. He's been cut 12 times. He's been 
He was been with the Eagles three times. He's been with the uh, Washington twice, the Chargers, I think, twice. Um, this is a guy that's worn seven different numbers in the NFL. Wow. And, you know, what makes him special to me is, uh, and I'm not a fan of preseason, but the more I talk to him and saw what preseason means to a guy like this, because you look at him, you know, he's shorter than we are. He looks like he's on the smaller side. Like I said, when you're looking at defensive linemen, he's, uh, he, there's not much to look at now because he's, he's short, he's a little small, um, he's in good shape, but he just doesn't look like a guy. So in practices, you know, these guys don't go full go all, all the way to the ground. And so you get a little bit of a read on a guy, but when you see a guy who's able to actually play real live football where they go to the ground and they tackle and everything is full go, he, a guy like him steps up. And, and, um, and that's why he's been in the league as long as he has, because he plays the preseason games. He has th- things like this happen. You know, this guy's got three and a half sacks and, uh, the goal line stand uh, that they had, he on second, on first down, he makes a stop at the one yard line, one yard gain. On second down, uh, he goes so fast, uh, he probably jumped off sides. They didn't call it. He did. I he, he guessed. Did. He guessed it so so quickly that he blew up the center. The center goes back into the quarterback. Ball goes loose. Um, so you know, he's just a play. You know, I got I came away and talking to him, going, you know what? I think I can. I can tolerate the NFL boring me for for nine hours a year if it leads to guys like this being able to show themselves. You know, he's got to make the fifty three. I would think. Well, Mark, is it could it be a case of him, his experience knowing that this is where I can shine, and I'm going to be playing against second and third stringers, and so I I know some things that can help me look good against them. But then when he gets the opportunity maybe in the games. He doesn't show up as well because he is playing against better players. Well, he's, he's been around. But, he, but I, but I don't, he hasn't, he hasn't, he doesn't play a lot. He's a rotation guy. I would imagine really? he's played 46 games. Um, sure. Yeah. He's, he's in there against second and third teamers, but he's a second and third teamer. He's, he's listed as third at third team at nose tackle. Um, th- those tackles, those, th- those three, you know, the two ends and the, and the nose tackle. I was talking to Vic Fangio for a Donatello story I'm doing, and I said, "What are you looking for in these, in those three, those three linemen?" And he's like, "You're looking for three, three good defensive tackles that can play all three spots." And so, to me, the depth there is not great. This guy has got to be, you know, somewhere in there because he, you know, all three spots, and um, you know, you're not going to get Joe Green as your backup. You know, I mean Joe. Uh, me and Joe Green, for the younger listeners, Joe. Um, you know, but this is a guy that when you know when he's put in there, he's going to be playing. He's going to be playing really hard, and, and he's and he's proven to me. Now, granted, the the preseason is meaningless for starters and all that stuff, but the preseason should still mean something about finding second, you know, finding some backups. Um, at defensive line, that's the thinnest position that they have. Here's a guy that has jumped out. I mean, he jumped, you know, through the roof, showing himself the first two games, and I think he he earned a spot on on the fifty three. So you'll you'll think I, I I'm I'm saying they got to, I and mean, you spell it out correctly. I mean, that's that's a thin position. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to uh, have somebody there. You need some backups there, and and uh, if someone stands out like that, how do you not put him on the team? That's where uh, maybe letting someone go like Sean Mannion uh, opens up a spot for for someone like that, you know, a, a deep depth guy that in a in a place where they don't have any. So, 
I'm hoping well, he he opened a spot for Nick Mullins. <laughs> yeah, that's one way of looking at it. Um, Brian Azamoa uh, had another nice game for the for the Vikings on Saturday, you know, made a, a couple big plays. He, he seems to be, uh, you know, you hear people talk, it looks like he's the real deal. Have you seen him? I, you know, more than, than we have, but he, he's shown up in, uh, in, in, in the preseason games. And I'm, I guess I'm going to ask you, have you seen the same thing in uh, practice? Cause I remember, uh, I went to St. John's not far from where I'm at. And Tim Schmitz was the running back of the team that won the national championship for, for the St. John's Johnnies. And he got it. He went to Baltimore. He got a tryout there. Didn't work out. He came to Mankato and worked out for the Vikings and every preseason game, he just blew up. He just was great. And he looked, you know, and then, uh, uh, he got cut by Bud Grant. And you hear the story later that it was because, he did so well in games, but he just didn't do as well in practice. And after playing with uh, Johnny's, you wonder if that that lackadaisical uh, style of practice that there gave him some bad haps or something. But I, I was surprised he didn't make. It. So I guess a long way of saying, uh, uh, is that who Asimov is, or is he just as active and and uh, flashy in in uh, in practice as he is in in uh, the games? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know he's. I, I think I, I brought him up as a guy I liked after the first preseason game. Um, very active. He's a he's that modern linebacker that you know sort of looks like a big safety, but he can run. He, he's he looks like he has really good instincts. Um, yeah, he's a, and he's going to be a guy that's going to see time. He's going to you know he'll be the first uh, linebacker in. He, Troy Die and him are kind of that you know, third and fourth middle linebacker, you know, those inside linebackers. Um, but yeah, he's got a spot and he's, uh, I haven't watched him real close on special teams, but he has that, that skill set that translates yeah. to special teams. Uh, I think so. Yeah. You, you need those, those backup linebackers and safeties and guys like that to, to be really good special teamers. And I, I would imagine, you know, if I sat down and really watched this guy play special teams, it, you pass. So I, I, he's, he's a good pick. Um, uh, you know, looks really, he looks ready to play right now. So, mm-hmm. um, it's an, been, a, he's been impressive so far. Troy Dye played a little bit better. I guess he had a, he struggled in the first game against the Raiders, but, uh, picked it up in a little bit in this one. Uh, uh, do you think, you know, now he's, he's a leftover guy, whereas Asimo is someone that, uh, the new regime drafted, does that tilt there? thinking in one way or the other, is it those two battling for position or the Vikings going to hang on to both of them? Cause they, their depth isn't huge there either. Is it? Yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, I guess if I had to look at, look at all the numbers, I, I would say Troy dies a guy that makes a team, you know, you got to have depth there. Um, you know, Troy's a guy, Troy's a guy that he, Troy gives you everything he has. I feel like when you watch him, um, he's not the best in the world, but he's, he's a guy that's, gets around the ball. And then uh, to me, he, he gives you everything that, of his abilities that he has, which is not, you can't say that about every guy. Yeah. Um, Patrick Jones had a, had a, another decent game, had, had a few nice plays. And uh, um, what do you see from him? Is he someone that you think can step in if, if K in, in the case of the, the tragic situation of our starter, our starting edge rushers didn't stay healthy. Mike, 
stay healthy. That was first. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, not only that, but you know, um, the Neil and Zadarius are not going to play a hundred percent of the snaps. I mean, they're, they're especially early, early in the year. I mean, you're not going to have your foot to the floor on those two guys, uh, especially early in the year. So, you know, uh, Wonham and, and Patrick Jr. like step up. And the, the fourth down play where the uh, the cornerback, uh, Caleb um, Evans, Evans, is it? Uh, yep. He makes the, the tackle on the fourth down play. That He's able – I mean, I don't know if he even saw the guy because he came off the edge Well, because uh, Patrick Jones, uh, too – had set the edge so well, which is one thing, you know, not only do they have to rush the passer, but they got to set those edges really hard. Um, he had set it and the running back, you know, had to make a move. And then, and then the cornerback who's a impressive physical player makes that tackle. So it, to me, it's a Jones had every much to do with that play as, as the cornerback. Do you like, do you like, uh, this is probably too early to say, but, what do you think of the three four here after seeing a four three for how many years? Do you like what how the Vikings are playing it? Do you do you, do you find it interesting to watch? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, just in general, well, you know, it's it's players. I mean, it, like Daniel Hunter is going to be a defensive MVP contender and a four three or a three four. Uh, he seems to like this one a little. It seems he seems sincere. He says he feels looser in this one and. And you're going to see him move inside, which I think he likes, um, you know, on rushing some rushing situations where he goes inside. Um, I think I like it a lot better if, if when you have uh, 99 and 55 standing there. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I think uh, like you know, the Harrison Phillips, I think this 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 is what he played in college. and um, But, you know, he, he was on the number one defense last year and Buffalo was a 4-3, so – it's mm-hmm. it's more about the who are the players and whenever you can you can put those four linebackers those four starters up there um, you know I like all four of them I and mean, Kendricks I think is you know if you were to tell me ask me who's the best player on the team I, I'd probably say Eric Kendrick. and most people would probably you know obviously go they would go Jefferson they would go Daniel and I think the Eric Kendricks is you know or Harrison Smith I mean there's there's a lot of talent on this team. Mm-hmm. But you know, Eric. Whenever Eric Kendricks is is one hundred percent healthy and able to, you know, he he just he deciphers the game and makes the game must look really slow and simple in his mind because he he just knows everything. Whenever whenever he's, you know, he's still young enough where he's got the legs and uh, and he, his instincts are as good as as anybody in the league. I think. Yeah, he's the he's the cog that really makes it run. That that just puts me in mind of the fact that you got to see the starters certainly more than than we have here out in TV land. Uh, did you get out there for the practice game or practice practice practices to with the 49ers this week? And what what were your thoughts of it? Was it contentious as uh, uh, we saw? You know, uh, or at least we heard about from people that were were talking about online. And what what were your thoughts on it? Well, the first day I spent looking at just uh, doing Trey Lance story. So I looked at Trey against the Vikings defense and, um, you know, Vikings defense looked, you know, well ahead of, of Trey Lance in that offense. Uh, Trey, uh, the first game, uh, first day, I don't think Trey Lance played well, practiced well at all. Uh, so that's, you know, a tip of the cap to the, to the Vikings defense, I suppose. 
Um, I, I don't know. I mean, there, people were, there was, there was one hit. KJ uh, Osborne took a hit. I was standing next to Andrew Kramer and I, I turned away and then I heard this pop and I, uh, people probably have tweeted it or whatever. Uh, but it, it had to be in a pretty good, pretty good contact. Uh, Cause I said, well, that's, that's the loudest, that's the loudest hit I've heard in uh, probably 15 years in, in train camp. Uh, Cause you don't, you don't see a lot of contact. Uh, mm-hmm. Um yeah, there was like John back and forth and stuff like that. It was, you know, anything unusual. Uh, Certainly saw a lot of plays uh, online of of Justin Jefferson, you know, running past some of the some of the 49er defenders. So that that looked good. And then you even had uh, Kirk dropping an f bomb uh, at at one point. That's right, Dan. Kirk, Kirk, the the Ken doll image of Kirk Cousins. Maybe maybe. I don't think there's anything that Kirk really does. It's not choreographed or like not thought through like a hundred thousand times. Uh, so I, I don't know. I didn't hear it. I didn't see it. I just heard all the uproar about it. And um, I mean, it's kind of an, it's an awkward, I mean, in today's world, that's a little awkward. Although that word is uh, used by everyone all the time yes. now, but yes. Uh, but I remember the, my first training camp of Bill Belichick came in and, and, it was uh, 91 that, that one train, his first training camp was at a small college in, in Northeast Ohio, my hometown. And we used to go up there. Uh, I was covering the team. So I went there and he had, he had kind of this high pitched squeaky voice for a coach, you know, and, um, <laughs> and he was like, he was dropping F bombs. And I remember Art Modell was like joking on his cart golf cart going, we have to teach Bill some new words, you know, because uh, uh, people were like in the crowds going, wow, what, what the heck's going on here? Uh, but but the most you know, I did, did tweet this the most inappropriate f bomb I've ever heard in a training camp situation was not Kirk, it was uh, Alex Boone. He's signing a little kid's autograph. The kid looks up at him, and you know Alex Boone is an intimidating you know, tree, you know. And he says, "What are you going to do to the Packers?" Alex Boone goes, "We're going to f them up." Hands him back his autograph. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, everybody around is going, "Yay!" And I'm like. That's kind of uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't get uh, I don't get offended very often, but I was like, I don't know if that's the best way to answer a, a young child. Things have changed in that regard, not just there, but everywhere. You, know, you can hear the f bomb and uh, all kinds of people's speech. But have you seen Alex lately? He dropped all kinds of weight. yeah. He was he was out of practice. He I guess he's doing Ironman uh, competition. <sighs> it's crazy. Him and Matt Burke both look the same. All of a sudden, they have this big head sitting on this body because you're used to seeing them bulked up like that. It's amazing what they they put uh, linemen through in this league that you got to, you know, put on that weight, put on that weight, and hang on to it in your career that, you know. I remember standing in line uh, behind Carl Eller at the U.S. post office here probably about seven, eight years ago, and – I thought, you know, after as a kid going to watch him in Mankato and all of a sudden standing, like, oh my God, that's Carl Eller. And I, I was, I'm not as big as him, but I thought, he isn't no. as big as he looked to me at that time. You know, granted, I was a kid, but my goodness, these guys were, uh, you know, they're, they're normal people once they get off the field. I mean, that's, that's why Bud Grant sent Alan Page pack and he started dropping his weight before he was done with football and he gave him to the, Chicago Bears for a hundred bucks or uh, something like that. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, there's certain certain guys that that like Carl Eller uh, to me. He's still 
a kind of an, an imposing guy, you know. Yes. Um, he's, he's in his 80s now, but um, for certain guys that, that could have played in any era, uh, the great ones obviously could. Carl Eller would be that guy because, you know, people say, oh, they lift weights now. Well, Carl would be lifting weights now. Carl would be, you know, you know Carl Eller to me was one of the those, uh, not only great player, but like the intimidation that he when he could come off. Yeah. And, and back then, when you're out, when you're able to slap guys in the head and stuff like that, he he beat uh, some people up, some quarterbacks, that's for sure. Well, also tells me, Mark, if I keep eating and and drinking beer, I could be the size of a NFL lineman here pretty damn soon, right? If I keep that up, no, yes, no, probably not. You and you and you and Wyatt Davis will have as much chance of there it is starting. You brought up Wyatt Davis, so I'm laying that on you. And I'm going to jump out just as that happens. We'll take another break here in Vikings Territory Breakdown, and we'll be right back with uh, more on the preseason game against uh, the 49ers this past weekend. Okay, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, a couple bright notes out there, a few more, at least one on offense that I saw what he liked from Ty Chandler again. I heard at one point he was on the broadcast and said he wasn't going to play because he got nicked up in the in the joint practices, but he was out there and looked just as uh, quick and elusive as he did in the first game. Um, we're still bullish on him, right? He's going to make the team and he's going to uh, – make a tough decision on what to do at running back right oh yeah i mean there's a there's a spot for him um i, I would teach the guy how to field a punt and see if it could help out there i mean the punt returner uh Marcet. someone tweeted i think it yeah andrew kramer said it's it's 2045 and the vikings are still trying to replace marcus shirelles you know and, <laughs> and i said and i said well that don't worry because in 2045 there won't be any special teams Yep. Uh, there may not be any, and it'll be touch touch football by then. But, wow. Um, There's an old. I'm guy. just trying. I'm trying to make my five cuts here, Joe. So. Uh, yeah, Mark, you saw here. some. You're saying in well, in between in our little break there that uh, there's going to be some cuts tomorrow, and and you got some names that might uh, fit that. Or who, that who you think might. Oh, be I. Yeah, I'm just. I you know based on. Well, the first preseason game, number 35, Perry Nickerson. He didn't even play this this last game. I don't think he was hurt. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. I'm not – haven't been assigned to Perry Nickerson duty. Um, he, uh, he'd be easy. Yeah, I, I would get rid of him. Um, uh, your guy, Wyatt Davis, I don't see any what? reason. I, I would almost just uh, let Wyatt try to – because Wyatt I, is going to get another opportunity somewhere. I, I think he's too was too good of a college player. Um and you're, he's not going to fit in here, so you, you get rid of him. Why um, is that? Do you know? Do you know why he doesn't fit in here? I, it's a good question. I mean, I think last year, I think he was he had he was coming off a knee injury, and they never yeah, really yeah. said that it was just his that it was his knee. But I think he just he was redshirted because of his knee last year, and then they moved on. They did you know new regime comes in, they have no attachment to him. They aren't sure it's going to give them anything, so they go another route and go with guys they they want. Uh, he gets he gets lost in the shuffle, falls through the cracks, but I think he'll you know he'll get opportunity to play somewhere else. Uh, the punter number sixty six, I, I don't see any reason to keep him around any longer. Uh, how many is that? That's three, four. Um, Mitchell, the, the receiver. I, 
Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that he makes he makes his share of decent plays, but every time I seem to watch that guy, he drops the ball. Um, Practice. Mm. Um, I just don't think he's gonna. You know, he's not gonna fit in. Uh, Looks the the amount of that the 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 time that um, that they spent with their their top three receivers in that game on Saturday tells me that they they kind of they might have already made their decision on that who who that those six receivers might be. So they're uh, trying Smith to make Marcet Mar- Mar- that punt return, aren't they? Mar- yeah, they they can keep keep trying, but it's it's not going to work, I don't think. So um, I don't know why. I mean, there is this fascination with making him a returner that he's just not yeah capable of being. I don't think. Is uh is uh, Naylor going to make the team at receiver? I get a sense that he would be a practice squad guy. Mm. Um, you know, that would be my sense because then you're, you're if I don't see him in that top six receivers, and he just, you don't keep a seventh one. I don't think so. Practice squad. Uh, uh, suddenly there's some uh, concern at the cornerback position. We saw uh, Andrew Booth Jr. go down with uh, uh, twisting his ankle, a non-contact injury, and and really looked in a lot of pain. I was thinking knee as soon as I saw him go down, but we heard later that it was an ankle, and he had already suffered that earlier in the week, so they knew about it. They put him out there, and he retweaked it. Do you know anything more than than that? Do we know what's uh, – is it uh, – is it not as serious maybe as it looked? Is it worse? Any 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 news on that? Well, I think the, uh, the the kinder, gentler organization will probably give us a little bit of an update here in practice uh, later today. I would imagine that takes him out of because I, I I assumed he'd be a starter week one. Yep. Um, can't see him playing uh, an ankle and then playing in a last preseason game. I don't see him playing in that game, so Dantzler probably wins that spot. But you, you, we haven't heard the last of Andrew Booth. I think he'll he'll be a starter before you know midseason. He had he had the injury concern coming in. Was it a sports hernia or something that he kept having troubles with? And now uh, now there's this. Um, and uh, yeah, like gro- groin injuries and stuff like that. Surgeries. Uh, he he was a, an injury flag guy. That so, so a lot of people thought he'd be maybe it'd be a first round pick. So is he uh, injuries- have trouble staying healthy? Mike, if if he stays healthy, he'll be a good player. Yeah, I get that's, that one. That's two, and you got zero, buddy boy. Um, well, you know, we saw a good uh, game from uh, Caleb Evans. Uh, I think he led the team in tackles with ten uh, uh, Saturday night. Um, so, what do, what have you seen from him? And and uh, he, he seems to be a rookie that's flashing. It, it and it's all of a sudden starting to pile up as a, a pretty good draft uh for these guys coming out of the game but anyway go ahead what, what do you think about him well yeah he let him in tackles because he played all but one snap defensively yeah that's wow that's what that's when you know you're a uh, you're a rookie uh, and you weren't a, a first round pick uh when you're playing every snap well because of all the nickerson didn't play chris boyd didn't didn't play uh chancellor didn't play uh, booth went down and the, obviously the two starters what didn't play. So yeah, it was, was left up to him um, on the, the tackle on fourth and one, you know, I started looking and it just, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about him, but it's like, just what's his reputation. And um, he's a physical, he's, a, he's clearly a physical player. He can tackle. He's a, you know, he's, he's not Antoine Winfield senior. Let's put it that way. But 
Um, it's, 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 it's refreshing to see a corner, you know, tackle the way that he does. And, and, uh, and then he's known for that. So, uh, and he, you know, he's, he looks the part, um, you know, that, that's the kind of depth you need at that position. And, you know, Patrick Peterson, I would say he's gotta be his last year here, I would think. Um, so you gotta, you know, there's a future there with these, with Booth and him and if Dancer can turn it around and, um, there's some young guys that certainly look like the type of corner, the, the style of you know, body size that you want. And they can play and match that, what they, what they look like. Um, you can really you know, play some really good defense that way. Um, well, you, you had uh, brought up the offensive line because you like to talk about Wyatt Davis all the time. I'm not sure why, but you apparently do. Uh, but so let's go there and say uh, his replacement, uh, the guy that's coming in behind him to probably take his position on the on the roster. Ed Ingram started at right guard on Saturday night and played pretty well, except for one really bad play when uh, Kellerman got sacked near the old their old end zone. Now I look at uh, replays of it and. Uh, Mon could have helped him out by sprinting out a little bit if he if he got out of there, but I don't think he's reading things quick enough for stuff like that. But what what did you see from Ed Ingram, and do you see him as a, a starter uh, come week one? Yeah, I mean, uh, <clears throat> I said early on that it was Jesse Davis's job to lose, and right. I get a sense like Jesse might, you know, be losing it because uh, I, these vet days, I, I, I sort of question whether they are all just rest the knee is to, to like as a precaution as opposed to it's bothering him uh, now they didn't start anybody on on uh, on Saturday he was part of that that didn't start but I part of me wonders if, if it's like with him if it is it uh, what's well, the fact he's 30 years old and no one else is starting so they're not going to put him out there but how how is that knee and uh, and Ed I thought Ed Ingram I thought played uh, played really well in that first preseason game. I thought he played, you know, gave up the sack on that uh, in, the, in the second preseason game. But I think overall he is more farther along than I thought uh, coming into training camp. Mm-hmm. I, st- I still thought that, you know, Jesse Davis, it's his job to lose, but just, just because it's a rookie and you're thinking, okay, going to take him a little bit of time. But I think if they had to go with him, um, I could see him being able to ha- to hold his own now, grow into the position, and then finally, at some point, they're going to figure out that. I mean, th- the number of guys that have started at right guard in the last four years is ridiculous, and this could be a guy that would put an end to that. And uh, I, uh, on the sideline with guys that know uh, a guy that knows a heck of a lot more about this stuff than, than I do, uh, a couple of us were standing there, and uh, Jeremiah Jeremiah Surlis who was a former Vikings offensive right. lineman, super, you know, great guy, um, yep. versatile guy, could play guard, play tackle. He was really praising Ed Ingram really? as a guy that could, as a guy that could kind of solidify that spot. So uh, that's hearing it from a guy who knows a lot more about it than me. So yeah, he was always um, great with the media when he was when he was yeah, yeah. top notch. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about Schlattman? It, it sounded like he had another decent game at center. Uh, is he playing, or he had a decent game at center? Is he is he going to be good enough to uh, push uh, to be sitting there waiting if uh, uh, Garrett Bradbury can't protect the quarterback that he could step in and and uh, take over? Yeah, I mean, if if I 
if I was running the show and Bradbury had some of the games that he had um, in the past couple of years, I, I, I would I would give this guy an opportunity. I mean, it, it, it's some of those games where where Bradbury gets overwhelmed, it's like it, it, Schlotman can you know is, deserves at least a chance uh, to do that to play. And I think that's what you saw when they had Mason Cole. It was like, you know, got to try something. Now, Mason Cole, to me, didn't play a whole lot better um, overall, but you know, he's gone. He got, you know, Pittsburgh liked him. So Pittsburgh likes you. I guess you there's something there. Uh, yeah. But to me, it's like, yeah, Schlotman, I think, you know, he's, he's just, he just lacks experience. He lacks a, a, a lot of reps, a, a high number of reps. He's a younger guy. And really? um, so – here, I'll they really got a thing, chance. They really got How much chance. time you got, Joe? I'll check for you. <laughs> if if they uh, keep this line and it performs well this year, I mean, with Darrison in his second year, Cleveland, I think, is the second year man. Uh, Slotman's young, uh, rookie in Ed Ingram, and Brown and Eels, the senior guy in this line. That's a pretty dang young and and hopefully effective uh, offensive line. It'd be it'd be nice to put them in and, and uh, have them work together for a few years and just keep growing and getting better. That'd be something, something to see. Well, you know, Cleveland's his third year. Um, Schlotman is 26, by the way. So, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. He, he, he looked good in that first pre it's so hard to judge. I mean, it, um, he could be a borderline starter and dominate the number two guy. Maybe you're going against a low two guy and you're a high, you're a low one guy. Um, but there was something there. That offensive line played really well. Uh, the second offensive line it, against the Raiders, I thought, uh, did some really good things against uh, the 49ers. So, but you know, they also didn't move the ball. And one thing, one thing I did have to uh, kind of laughed at was uh, um, O'Connell said something about uh, if this had been a regular season game, I would have run the ball more, you know, to, to create more of a rhythm and try to, you know. Get the the offense in rhythm. I thought that was, you know, against the rules. You know, you, these you know these these guys that are under forty and they come from the McVeigh tree and talking about running the ball. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know that that should be like, oh, is that a fireable offense? Well, I talk, think talk about, I know Zimmer just got a job with uh, Deion Sanders. Uh, I think at Jackson State, so uh, he's not available. I was thinking you bring him in as a consultant for your for your running game. You know, not a good idea. That's, that's right. Yeah. Well, well Zim's uh, he's staying in Kentucky, but he's going to be like a consultant for Dion. Right. So um, I don't know if he'll go to the games or not, but I know he's going to be in Kentucky. Um, yeah. Why not? I mean, Zim could could be a little consultant, do a little consulting for a peer. You know, Dion. Mark, I got to ask you, I mean, uh, the whole, uh, the whole trade for Nick Mullins threw me off because I was, I was going to complain about preseason games, uh, in part of this podcast. And so now getting close to the end, I'm going to do it. It's like, my goodness, that I, I think the 18 game or the 18 week schedule, 17 games, and now just one less preseason has really screwed up how these things go. And you used to have a rhythm to them. You have, uh, they'd bring out the starters for the first game, maybe play a couple series, and then they'd probably sit for a couple of games. Then maybe by the third game, they were they were playing a half, so they got their bodies acclimated, the starters. And then and then the last game was final cuts would be all uh, backups. 
but these two we've seen nothing but you know virtually nothing but uh uh backups and and second and third stringers and and we're probably going to see more of it again this weekend because you know you're you're saying it's a new idea can you imagine driving from you know up north or one of the dakotas or or even mankato for this and then you know sitting there and doing the wave a couple times in the skull chant and said okay time to go back i mean it, it just so underwhelming and then they're charging full ticket price i know people are crab about this but i, I it's it's worse now with this new schedule and i i, I can't believe i mean i have to, i had to sit through it because i, I got to talk about it but I, I don't know that i do if i was just a fan oh yeah i i, I wouldn't but i think people need to you know i agree there the the it's the quality's not good the um entertainment value is not great it's certainly not worth the face value of a ticket i think what you know what happens is people you know if you're a season ticket holder and they saddle you with that preseason game um you turn around you give it to someone who wants to see the stadium you maybe you sell it you get a few bucks out of it or whatever but i think you've got to have games where you can see i mean to just have no preseason games i i at some point, you got to be able to evaluate some of these guys with actual real football. Now they'll say, "Well, you know, we we scrimmaged against the 49ers. It's 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 not the same. It's not. I mean, right. yeah, the tempo it gets ramped up a little, but no one's getting tackled. No quarterback is in danger of getting hit. Um, you know, it's just you got to have it. I think for to, especially with how many injuries there are in the league and and. Uh, if you're a fan, I guess the way to approach it is use the opportunity to like look at, you know, who, you know if you're really into it and you want to watch it and you, you know, want to find some sort of value out of it, like look at look for the guys that are, you know, scratching to make the team. Look at the special teams. Look at, you know, this is where they're evaluating these guys that are going to be guys that that they sign in week four whenever they have a a bunch of corners go down or a bunch of tackles go down. Um, you know, it's part of the process of, of, of building, just like the draft. I mean, one thing I read that kind of makes me laugh whenever people talk about the preseason and how boring it is, are the same people that will sit for three days and watch, you know, constant just of a guy walking up to the podium and, and, and announcing a name. They love that stuff. <laughs> They will absolutely sit there for five hours and watch that. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's like, you know, the same one that they can't take three hours of, of a preseason game will sit there and watch five hours for one round of a draft. Yeah. Uh, maybe they could help me understand that, you know. I just had an idea. Maybe they should show the preseason games, at least portions of them, in the all 22 format. And that would get all the numbers guys, you know, and everybody could see the all 22 without having to pay for it per se. And then you could, you could zero in on those guys you're talking about. So, you know, you can see what he did on that play and then you could rewind it a few times, you know, make it more interactive somehow for these guys. Cause that, that was just paint drying. I had spent the day painting already, so I, I didn't need to see any more paint drying. That's, that's what I was doing. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I got one more final question to you for your Cleveland because it's a little bit of quarterback news. You got the Deshaun Watson news. And I thought I just saw a flash on my phone as we were taping this here that that your old buddy Baker Mayfield might have won the, the quarterback 
uh, job in, in, he's in Carolina, right? He's a Panther. Yeah. So I think I just saw that. So, so, and so he's going to play and Deshaun Watson's not going to for 11 games. So what do you think of that? Mr. Mr. Ohio. Well, and, uh, guess where the Browns, uh, where they open, yeah. they open in, in Carolina. Oh my. Uh, yeah. I mean, vintage Cleveland, you know, Baker, I mean, Carolina is a pretty bad organization right now. And they're so dependent on Kristen McCaffrey staying healthy. Well, he can't stay healthy the last two years. So they've only won five games two years in a row. But, you know, I don't think Carolina will make the playoffs, but I think they'll make a push for the playoffs. And everything about the Browns, what's going on now, you know, I, I'm just sensing them finishing last in the AFC North, even, even below Pittsburgh. I mean, Kenny Pickett, here's what's going to happen. If, if the Cleveland are in me, they, they – the pessimistic Clevelander in me. It's uh, you Minnesota fans know. You know you, you got a lot of that going too. Uh, Kenny Pickett is going to be great. Baker Mayfield's going to be great, really good. And uh, Jacoby Brissett and all those guys are going to like muddle through, and they're going to be horrible. And Deshaun Watson's going to come in and not be ready to play in Week Twelve or whatever. Um, the one thing I would say that the NFL should not have done. They should have found a way around this. Either cut the cut it by one game or add a game. He should not be start. His first start should not come at Houston. Um, no. That, when, right. when, 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 when the suspension is up, you know that just it's, it just to me stinks of the whole NFL creating the uh, the drama of it. And and to me, all that he the reason he's in this situation is not something that you piggyback drama off of. Right. Me. So. That's a great point. Um, that's a great point. I just don't. So to me, it's, yeah, it's, I, I, I look for, you know, Baker Mayfield, um, you know, two years ago was a hero in Cleveland, you know, and, and, you know, they, they win, you know, by taking them to the playoffs and, and everything and not saying that Baker Mayfield, he, he played horribly last year. Uh, but I think Baker Mayfield played probably in games and maybe he should have just said, Hey, I put his hand up and said, I, I can't play. I'm, I'm too hurt right. because he obviously got judged you know, by playing hurt yeah. Um, to me. So yeah, it, the, the Cleveland Remy says he'll, he'll, he'll play very, really well. And the Browns will struggle. Well, you know, you know, I, I hear this from a lot of people, or I heard it on the radio the other day, someone said one of the winners is, is Cleveland. And I think it even more, this season is a loss. You know, you just scratch this one off and they are going to not do well and they're going to get a great draft pick and they're going to, they already got a pretty talented roster. Cleveland does and with Deshaun Watson playing for it I mean I would not even look for anything other than just I would treat those last six games like preseason games you're preparing for next year with Deshaun Watson you know and you probably don't even play him that much and you throw this season away and then next year you come back gangbusters and nobody even thinks about what's gone on in the past and the fact that he can't apologize or or really show contrition I should say um I I think in in the end they're they're going to be fine and, uh, you know, we all, whenever they play the games on Sundays, we, we tend not to think about that. I mean, look, don't look any further than uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger, who had some, some troubles, you know, that he got, that got whitewashed away by, you know, victories and, you know, good play. So I think you'll see the same thing happen. I wouldn't even, wouldn't even look for it. I'd, I'd want him to, to tank away and get, get some <laughs> bat, bat, good bat draft. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, you know, I just the NFL. The careers are like like mist. I mean, they they 
here and gone so quickly that I would I just don't like adding another year to to Miles Garrett, another year to uh, the the running backs, another year to uh, you know their linemen. Uh, It's just this this throwing away of seasons. uh, whenever guys typically, you know, they're not all Tom Brady. They don't just keep playing for as long as they want forever. Um, you know, to me, it's uh, you'd like, and, and Jacoby Brissett, I mean, what I'd really like to see happen, what I'd, you know, cause I, I like I, Kevin Stefanski. Uh, I really enjoyed talking to him. I, I, you know, about Cleveland and stuff until he went to the Browns and uh, against my advice, he did, he went there. So I, <laughs> he didn't. He didn't consult me. Uh, like I said, what that's what happens when there's only 32 of those jobs. Uh, but I would love to see Jacoby Brissett um, be like nine and nine and went into that or whatever ten and whenever uh, Watson's eligible to come back and have Kevin Stavansky say, "Well, we're just going to stick with the hot hand and keep you know because you don't. Why are we going to change quarterbacks now? Now the owner might blow a gasket because you know." To me, the owner is his fingerprints are all over this thing. Yeah. Um, from the guaranteed contract to to everything. I would just I would love to see uh, Jacoby Brissett actually, you know, and Jacoby Brissett is one of those New England quarterbacks that um, you know that Belichick saw and he, you know he went on. He's not a great quarterback, but he's a, he, he can win games. We'd love to see him him be the guy and then Stefanski stick with him. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't even play him. He's just going to get hurt in those last six games anyway. So, well, there we go. What a, what a mistake. And I, I, I won't say a rookie mistake. We've been doing this for a while. I asked Mark a Cleveland question at, at the end of the time, and he goes way over, way over. Way over. Yeah, so you got bonus, bonus Cleveland time from Mark today. I, I want an email from anybody who's an hour and four minutes into this, and they haven't turned it off yet. <laughs> I want to. I want to know what you, this person does for a living. They but, they are uh, the ones watching the the draft for five hours now. Come on now. I appreciate. Uh, it. I, I they're they're. I love. I I hope there's more and more of them. Yes. Well, speaking of that, thanks, folks, for tuning in. Uh, we appreciate it, Mark. Thanks, uh, Mike. Thanks in the background. Although you didn't get up my two goal victory in the stay healthy uh, ticker below, I, it's how it happens every week. When I'm in the lead, you don't see the ticker, but when Mark is, well, yeah, we got to promote that. But I know how it goes, Mike. That's okay. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Thanks, everybody. We'll be back next week with uh, talking about the Denver Broncos game, final preseason game, and we will uh, see what's up. See what the Vikings do next week if they have another trade. Uh, doubtful, unless well, no, we'll we'll just see what happens. But thanks for tuning in. And uh, uh, we'll see you next week. And until then, skull.